Hello, and welcome to the Play Notes podcast and to our 50th season at Portland Stage. My name is Julia Jennings, and I am one of the directing and dramaturgy apprentices here at Portland Stage. For this episode, I'm sitting down with director Michael Dix Thomas to chat about his history with A Christmas Carol and what makes this story so timeless. Without further ado, your history is with this play in particular. How have you been involved with A Christmas Carol in the past? Yeah, so I have been in A Christmas Carol twice as an actor. In 2014, I played Nephew Fred, and in 2016, I played Bob Cratchit, along with a couple of the other folks who are performing in the production this year. Kaylee Milliken, who plays the Ghosts, was in both of those productions. A few of the ensemble members were in some of those productions, and the actor Paige Scala, who played Tiny Tim in 2016, is now playing Peter in the oh, in the Cratchit family. That's so awesome. Has grown up with the Cratchits over the past seven years. <laughs> totally. What is it like directing a show that you've also acted in? Oh, it's so interesting. So much of my background has been in Shakespeare, and so it's really not outside of my comfort zone to come back to uh, play over and over totally. again. Like I've I've joked that I've played almost all the male roles in Romeo and Juliet at this point, <laughs> and I feel like and and though I haven't had a chance to direct Romeo and Juliet, and that's you know that kind of experience. I've directed The Tempest, right? Having having done it when I was sixteen, sure. and so coming back to this show, it is really fun. You know, it's a literary adaptation, and this production, which is in its twenty second year running here at Portland Stage has gone through so many different iterations and Anita had built such a wonderful foundation with the script and the production and then two years ago Sally Wood who just directed St. Dad made some made some changes to that script and some changes to that production and then I came in and took some of what I love from what Sally did and changed some other things um, so it's been a really fun opportunity to kind of play around in a space that I feel like I know already some of the things that work well, some things that I was like, oh, I, I have a new idea for this moment. But it is a fun place to play, and it feels like a comfortable place to play because I know if there's something that we build that doesn't work in the rehearsal room, then Portland Stage already has a version that we know does work. Totally. We have something to fall back on. But in some ways, it can be a little difficult or confusing or frustrating. We're trying to build... There are scenes where I'm trying to rebuild something new and I feel like we're on a foundation, right? So you're building a new house on an existing foundation, which is totally. so much work has been done. And then how do we use what we have to make something new? It's it's an interesting challenge. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, how would you say this year's A Christmas Carol is different from years past? Oh, that's such an interesting question. I feel like for me, I'm thinking about it differently than I ever have. In previous productions, uh, in, in previous adaptations and productions that I've seen, our stage show and also film versions, I have always felt, and this was uh, clarifying actually in a conversation I had with our literary manager, Todd Brian Backus, I have always sort of seen Scrooge as kind of a faceless evil stand-in for something, for someone else. Insert whatever you know, malevolent, wealthy person, right? And in working my way back through the show, it felt... That felt less like it resonated with me personally than mm -hmm. seeing Scrooge as an example of what happens when we shut ourselves off from the world. Totally. And instead of painting, instead of taking the show to say, well, if only these three ghosts came to this particular person, the world would be better, saying, how do we encourage folks to find that part of themselves? that is like Scrooge, that, that part of themselves that they have shut off from the world, that part of themselves that they have closed down for whatever reason, 
and that they can encourage to open up. So where do you find that Scrooge in yourself? We'll see how different that is in production, but it's certainly shifted the way that I am thinking about the play. Um, then I've thought about this story in the past. Awesome. That makes a lot of sense. Kind of relatedly, what excites you most about working on this production? I mean, I, I get to be in the room with these wonderful performers and this wonderful text and we get to play and explore i just love rehearsal it's a, a space where things are open we've had the opportunity to have our sound designer seth face single in the room with us building and playing sounds as we're working our way through you know we get to play in this set that was designed by anita Stuart, the artistic director here, and it like really is just a beautiful, open, playful space right now, which is so fun. We're sort of getting to the point in rehearsals right now as we're recording this, where we have to start setting things and locking things totally. in and making some hard choices and closing some doors. But until this point, I feel like we've just been kind of exploring and playing, and that is the part that I love the most. Totally. That's yeah. awesome. What do you most want the audience to take away from this show? And I know you talked about this a little bit, but... Also, why do you feel it's important to tell this story now? Yeah, I think that, I mean, you know, we talk about the timelessness of this story. And I think that it has, it, I think for me, it keeps coming back to this idea that we will always, for innumerable excellent reasons, be closing parts of ourselves off mm -hmm. in response to things that we've experienced, in response to things that are happening in the world. I think we need the constant reminder to open ourselves up and see each other as fellow humans. I think that that's always something we need to be reminded of. There's a line in here in the show about why there's a charity man and charity woman in, the, in our production who are collecting donations at the beginning of the play and the beginning of the story. And one of them has a line about how we, we do that this time of year because it is a time when want is keenly felt and abundance rejoices. And I think that in this, in Maine now, as, it's get, as it gets colder, we see more and more, more acutely, the experience of those who are unhoused, of those who don't have enough to eat. It's hard to move around Portland right now and not notice this happening in the world around us. Yeah. And at the same time, so many of us are lucky, privileged enough to be gathering with family and you know creating an abundance of food and comfort for ourselves and i think it is that reason that this story is placed at this time of year that this story is brought back this time of year that we see these things side by side mm -hmm. how do we open up now how do we while we recognize those of us who recognize that we have more than we need how do we find ways mm -hmm. to share that and give to those who who have less Absolutely. Yeah. So as you mentioned, you're Portland Stage's education director, and this play has considerable overlap with your theatrical work with children. <laughs> yeah. So I'm curious, like, what that overlap feels like between directing and uh, being education director and also what it's been like working with the young ensemble and what some of your favorite moments and discoveries have been. Yeah, it's such a fun part of this play. And we haven't talked about it, but the um, so there are seven professional actors in the show and then two casts of nine students nine young people who make up the ensemble so that's 18 you know nine to uh, 17 year olds in the room in rehearsals with us which is awesome 
and it is, you know, it is really fun in that I'm the education director and organize and teach a lot of our education programs that I knew a lot of these folks beforehand. Totally. I've worked with a lot of these folks in different capacities, some through, like I said, through previous productions of Christmas Carol, but some through our classes and our camps. And it's really interesting to me. I get in this job, I get to direct with students. I get to work on shows with students in, in mm -hmm. student and like fully student cast productions. And this is a different sort of structure. The way that our time works, we have less time with the ensemble of mm -hmm. young people. And so frequently we'll build moments with the professional actors. And then when we bring the young people in, we're sort of plugging them into those moments a little bit less than really being in the space of discovery with them. Though we have had some really incredible moments of finding new things with the young people. And I don't want to talk about too many of these moments because sure. the things that I'm most excited about, I want to be surprises for the audience. Yeah. But it is, it has been really fun. And this is a really wonderful group of young people. Mm -hmm. They come in, they're so prepared. Obviously, they know all of their lines already. Yeah. They know all of the professional actors' lines already. They're, <laughs> they're on top of what they're doing and are bringing so much to it. It's so much fun. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. That's kind of all of my questions. I'm just curious, what else do you want listeners to know about your work with the show? Oh, what a great question. I'm really excited for audiences to see it. I think that in in some exciting ways, this is going to be a different production of A Christmas Carol than we've previously staged, which is fun for me. You know, we have we're trying some things and I'm really interested to see what those look like and feel like in front of an audience so i hope people come and see the show and i hope they tell me what they thought about it because uh, i can't wait to find out if we were successful in these moments yeah totally awesome well mike thank you so much for joining us tickets for a christmas carol are now on sale so contact our box office by calling 207-774-0465 or buy them directly through our website a christmas carol runs from december 1st to the 24th if you liked this podcast, please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts and tell your friends all about it. Thank you for joining us for this interview with Michael Dix Thomas, and we hope we'll see you at the show.